party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined by Twitch streamer, game designer, and all-around incredible person, DC, for a game of There Is No Way Out of This Arena. A short, fast, and brutal game of doomed gladiatorial combat for two players. The game is simple. There is a gladiator, and there is an arena. The arena throws challenge after challenge at the gladiator, and the gladiator's role is simply fight until you fall. There is only one way the game ends, because there is no way out of this arena. I love this game so much. I'm so, I, I, this game is so cool. Uh, published by friend of the show, Corv Leary. You can find more information at corvidcall.itch.io. You can also find a link to it in the show notes. DC, as I mentioned, game designer and Twitch streamer, they are specifically gearing up to release Mutants in the Night tomorrow, that is December 19th, Mutants in the Night is a forged-in-the-dark game of marginalization and superpowers. You play empowered mutants in a cordoned-off section of the city, using your spectacular gifts to help your community and push back against the boot that has been planted on your neck. I am for real so excited for this game to come out. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. There will be a link in the show notes as soon as it drops tomorrow. In the meantime, though, you should follow DC on Twitter at Dungeon Commander, Noe and Commander, for more information about the game in advance of its launch date tomorrow. In addition to launching the game tomorrow, they are also launching a six-part actual play series with a star-studded cast that sounds unbelievably cool and exciting, and I cannot wait for it. You can find that at twitch.tv slash Dungeon Commander, same as the Twitter name, no Ian Commander. Now, with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with DC. DC, thanks for coming on Party of One. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to play. I'm very excited. So real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment and let the listeners at home know about anything that you've got going on that you might want them to know about, any projects you're working on, that sort of thing. All righty. Hello, listeners. I am DC. Um, I'm a queer, black, non-binary person on the internet who designs tabletop RPGs, and uh, I'm currently about to release Mutants in the Night. Uh, it is a game about uh, marginalization. And uh, being a, uh, a mutant existing in a small section of a city where mutants have to uh, live in accordance with the heavily skewed law against them uh, being boxed within this walled section of a city. And uh, you, an empowered mutant, a very rare happening, someone who can use superpowers, uh, can help out different sub-communities inside of your overall community in order to uh, kind of address all of the issues that people face in their day-to-day lives. Uh, I've been I've been looking forward to the the full release of Mutants for a very long time, and I cannot I cannot express how excited I am that it's going to drop as of this recording. I believe tomorrow. It's the nineteenth, right? Yes. Yes, and this will be out on the eighteenth. So this is going to drop tomorrow. I, I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. Um, Not only am I going to be releasing the full release of the game, uh, I'll also be starting an actual play series uh, at 6 p.m. PST on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Dungeon Commander, with no E in the Commander, uh, where I will be playing with uh, an amazing, fantastic cast. I'm very excited to play with them, and I can show everyone how to play, and uh, it'll be interesting that people can pick up the game and watch how to play it on the same day. That's really exciting. And I, I I saw the announcement of the actual play stream on Twitter and I've been like, it's 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 a good group. It's a good game. It's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited for it as well. 
This week we are playing There Is No Way Out of This Arena, which is a game about gladiatorial combat for two players by friend of the show, Corv Leary. Uh, it's a game that I, I've wanted to play on the show for a long time, so when you suggested it, I was like, I, I, I practically leapt out of my seat when I saw that you had listed that on like the guest form that I gave you. I was like, yes, good, perfect. <laughs> I'm really excited. So, this is a game about gladiatorial combat for two players. Uh, and the way this is going to work is one of us is going to play the gladiator and one of us is going to play the arena. So I think before we sit down and figure all of that out, I, I would love to kind of figure out the when, where, and what it looks like of the arena that we're in. If you have any kind of thoughts on that, I'd love to hear them. Like what what are we what are we picturing when we're picturing like the arena where this 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 fight is taking place? There are a lot of options. Um I'm thinking that we can do. I, I'm thinking sort of Thor Ragnarok. I can do that. I, I'm. I'm. You're speaking my language here because I'm definitely <laughs> down with that. Yeah, some far off planet where we have a, a highly populated, very sort of festive culture that there's like loose laws mm -hmm. and lots of sort of Han Solo-y figures running around doing bounties and. And uh, selling foreign objects and lots of bazaars and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. I think the visual that I really like there is like thinking about Thor Ragnarok. The visual that I love is like the like floating kind of camera drones. So you're getting so it's this very kind of classical gladiator arena, but they've got these drones flying around. So they're getting these like ridiculous, you know, sports game style like close up shots. And I think there's also probably a lot of like intergalactic John Madden style, like markup, like screen markups as the fights are <laughs> happening. Yes, that's fantastic. Good. I love this. I love this a lot. So would you like to be the arena or the or the gladiator? I think I mean, it's your show. So I think I will be the gladiator. OK, that works for me. So, um, OK, so we we have this intergalactic, you know, arena, and I think it's. I think the detail that I want to add is it is do we think it's kind of centralized to one planet or is it kind of a whole like sector universe type deal? Is it a cross planetary smash em up? I think this is a cross planetary smash em up where people can you like you can enter on your own mm -hmm. from anywhere within like the system, but there are also like businesses and governments that will send in like highly trained individuals oh, to clash uh, for like glory or advertising or like to settle disputes, stuff like that. I, I love, I love doing it for advertising and I, I love the idea because for what, like, because obviously like there's the easy advertising, which is like weapons. But for some reason, my brain immediately went to like subway just being like, there you go. Exactly. It's like duke it out for five dollar footlongs. Where you just have Pepsi Man, like yes. Pepsi Man's wearing the whole <laughs> yes. outfit. Yes. And then fighting for glory. And win or lose, it's all about getting the moments of having the brands hit the cameras in just the right way. Hashtag branding. That's what it's all about. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So what are you fighting for? Ooh, I think that I am fighting for um a new intergalactic uh coffee shop okay um star flux yep 
Um, Starflux is has been been popping up in in my own planetary system, and we're trying to expand. And uh, I am an individual who um, had has no interest in Starflux, but is a good warrior and knows how to make a buck and knows how to to work the cameras. Oh, that's really good. So I I think Starflux I think is notable because I believe that they use jump like jump gates. Mm-hmm. They, they, the hence the hence the flux is they will they will use a jump gate to deliver coffee, which probably takes an, an exorbitant amount of resources to power, like what is essentially a stargate. Yes. To like hand <laughs> off your hand off your macchiato in record time. But they'll be there in under five parsecs. It's it's it's. I mean, it's a good service. Like I'm not gonna say I don't use it. I'm critical. Oh, yeah, of everybody it. uses it, but everyone is critical of yeah. it at the same time. God, that's really very good. Uh, okay, I'm 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 very excited about this. So, <laughs> uh, what is your what is your warrior's names and pronouns? Um, my warrior's name is uh, their real name is Mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, their stage name is uh, uh, the Fluxinator. Fluxinator. Um, because everything is in flux. Yep, that's the that's their uh, tagline. That's what it is. That's what it's got. You, you couldn't see it, but I raised my arms in the air in a flexy motion. <laughs> you know what? I didn't need to see it because I felt it. I felt it in my heart. Is where I felt it. Uh, and uh, 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 their pronouns are she/her. All right. Um, Mercy is very powerful and wears the the Starflux logo on the front and then it says mercy on the back, but then there are a bunch of designs. There's a giant like tentacle monster with its, it, it's all of its tentacles are going through like portals mm-hmm. and then it's, there's a gap and then another portal and then the tentacles are, are holding cups of coffee. That's, that's a good logo. Like that's just a good, that's just good branding is what that is. I yeah, I want that. I want that on my jacket. <laughs> so uh, people could even have just the the uh, one part of the logo where it's just a portal with a tentacle and a coffee cup and everybody knows who it mm-hmm. is or you could have the full thing like this one's displaying the whole one it's gorgeous oh it sounds it sounds fantastic i i i, I think does it move like is it is it is, is it a stationary design or does it kind of like move around a little bit oh it totally if, if you look at it for long enough you're like that thing is slowly moving back and forth. That's good. That's that good. That's that good. That's that good galactic advertising is what that is. <laughs> Catches the light real well, too. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So we know who you are. We know why you're fighting. Um, and uh, so I guess my last question is, what's your weapon? What's the, Have you chosen a weapon or did you bring one into the arena? Because I think there's both, right? I think there's big weapon racks. And then because this is sort of a mercenary thing as well, I think you're kind of invited to... If you kind of have, because that lets you get that branding, right? Like it lets you have the weapon that is so that you can sell toys to the kids later. Yeah. Um, I think that in order to keep the branding complete and concise, that uh, uh, there are, the Fluxinator has two uh, Fluxa gauntlets. Good. And they're like all chromed out, but then they have the the green and white sort of like panels mm-hmm. that are on the knuckles. Yeah. 
so that when they hit someone, uh, it sends like this this vibration through wherever they hit to deal maximum. Damage. I love that. That's super cool. That is off. That is completely like randomly one of my favorite weapons to use in anything is like the shock impact gauntlet. It's just a cool visual, so I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. Brad, just punch. <laughs> okay, so we've got our we've got our gladiator. We know why you're fighting. We know the arena. It is this intergalactic. It's a floating platform because it's got to be because it's important to me that it be a giant floating platform. Yes. Uh, weapon racks on the walls, and I think there are there are bleachers in it. There are people watching. Yeah, and then there's also, but there's also um, there's bleachers built into the platform. Then there's sort of smaller floating bleachers circling around in sort of a moon like orbit, and then there's the hollow screen so people can watch throughout the sector. So there's sort of three ticketed tiers for these events. Makes sense to me. So, uh, so that's the arena and how the game is going to work. You are going to roll a D hundred to determine your health. Uh, and then each round, I'm going to roll a D 20 to determine the damage that I inflict on you. And you will describe how you rise above or fall in defeat of the challenges that I described for you. There is only, there is only one way to finish this game. And that is you will fight until you fall. However, it is not about whether you live or die. It is about whether or not you bring the people on your side and hawk that sweet, sweet Starflux coffee. Got to get those camera angles. Got to get those good camera angles. All right. I'm going to roll this D100. All right. Gotcha. 80. 80. Nice. Solid. You have a long road ahead of you. Yes. So, um, Describe your entrance. What does it look like as you make your as as you are given sort of the full pro wrestling entrance as you make your way into the arena? And how does the crowd see you at the very start of the fight? So I think that initially the lights go down as they do. Mm -hmm. And one after another, a row of lights on this walkway just start turning on. Just poof, poof. And you hear now introducing representing Star Flux Coffee, the Fluxinator. And you hear like this Rocky theme mm -hmm. that is highly futuristic. It's like brown, 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 gateway opens and out steps the fluxinator from a, like a flux gate and from behind uh like a tentacle comes out and it like comes in to like grab the fluxinator while the fluxinator's not looking and she just turns around and does a, an uppercut somehow in slow mm -hmm. motion and destroys the tentacle and it writhes and falls and then pulls back through the gateway people don't know that this is just an effect like that's one of the workers they regenerate tentacles yeah. it's not a big deal that's uh it's part of the, sh part of the <laughs> but, show right right and so it looks like the fluxinator is this amazing six sense having warrior and then she turns on like uh, uh not like a jetpack but kind of like a booster mm -hmm. to improve her speed and she just dashes down in a heroic stance down the uh the walkway 
and then jumps up into the air, does like some cool flips, makes sure to get like the branding on a nice gleam of light, and then lands in the arena, raising her hands up and looking around to the people. Ah, I am the Fluxinator sort of a look there. And I think the way it starts, I think the crowd is initially like unsure, especially when nobody comes out, right? Like when, when the music starts and there's no one, there's no Fluxinator, then that gate opens, you jump out and the crowd immediately like loses it. And then the tentacle comes out and it's, it it is full on like, Oh my, Oh, the fight. And like, I think it's less that they're worried and more that they think that the fight has started. And they're like, Oh, okay. Oh, and then they've already kind of you already kind of had that first round experience and the crowd is already like all right yeah we're in i'm in let's do this and so i think after that you know the the cameras swirl around you we get some great close-up shots we get that we get we get the the starflex logo and a voice comes onto the loudspeaker now that we have our champion it is time for open combat! And I think uh, four different, like, doorways open. One on the north, south, east, and west, like, point of the of the arena, of this big platform. And something like two dozen poor, like, scrub-tier, tin-can-level, like, warriors come rushing out. They're grabbing weapons... These are sort of the prove yourself style. Like this is their moment to to stand out among the pack, and they just start rushing you. And they're kind of starting to knock each other over. And they're like, some of them are getting up to you and trying to stab at you with these like vibro spears. And it is just calamity fills the arena as as they have they have chosen first to ask you to prove yourself. By, by proving that you stand out among the common rabble, which is the volunteer fighter. So I'm going to roll how much damage you take. That's 20. That is 20 damage. Oh, wow. Good roll to start the game. What a start. And now you describe how you rise above this army of, this army of, of, of would-be champions at great personal cost. Okay. Well, I think what happens is that uh, the Fluxinator looks to the crowd as some of these warriors stumble over one another as like, ah, only these? Mm -hmm. And uh, sees a drone that's passing by and in her great hubris flashes a flex where uh, she shows her back and is looking back towards the drone Great pose. As Great in, pose. Ha-ha. Look at both my immaculate muscle and this wonderful suit. As I know that if I hit this pose, they said that in the contract, this is an extra 500 cred. Mm-hmm. So kaboom. There we go. The 500. But um, as this happens, one of the, uh, one of the, the warriors, one who is, a bit more seasoned than the rest comes up with uh, a laser mm-hmm. axe and chops uh, the fluxinator uh, across the chest. And uh, although it is not the, uh, the most powerful weaponry that this suit has ever dealt with, it does do a mm-hmm. healthy amount of damage. One where it's like, ah, dang it. Could have been paying attention mm-hmm. there. But this uh, brings Mercy into her, like, okay, it's fight time focus. 
and uh, she goes forward, punches one, and you can see the vibrations hit. Uh, and as a small, like little wave uh, erupts from that space, and uh, that uh, the person with the axe goes flying into into one of the walls, and it just becomes a slogging fest mm-hmm. that one after another she she punches one up slightly and then engages her gauntlet with a cocoon and it person flies into mm-hmm. the air mm-hmm. as they go up and one after the other she just knocks out each one of these a single punch each uh and you see little sparks coming out of the uh the chest wound that was left that didn't hurt her in any way but the suit yep. is slightly damaged and she uh, she stands and hears the roars uh, roars of applause and uh, looks over to um, where the announcer is, winks and gives a little a little beckoning. Bring it on! Uh, I I I definitely think we get one shot of you like punching punching one fighter and it and like they fly into like a mob of like four others and it's just like a bowling pin <laughs> effect. Oh, I love yeah. it. On some channel, they played the mm-hmm. sound effect. Yep, it's definitely on like it's definitely on like Galactic Sports Networks, you know, top hits of the week. Yeah, and so uh, you throw the wink, you throw the bring it on, and I think that I think that like we see the announcer's voice, sort of the ringmaster of this, who I'm picturing as sort of it's got like a, definitely a mustache, definitely the kind of a pencil thin creeper mustache i think is the detail maybe like you know what i think you know what i think you know what i think he has instead of a Mm -hmm. gold tooth like a like a like a laser tooth so like one tooth is like neon blue and i think it flashes red as he smiles and like raises one hand and it's like round two begins now and points and before you realize what is happening that's a 19. I'm fine. I'm on fire today. So, yeah, so I think before you realize what's happening, he has pointed behind you. And what I can only describe as something akin to a, a sentinel from the Matrix. Remember the big like squid robot things where it's all yeah. like razor blades and tentacles and eye lasers just like barrels into you and it's just like ripping at ripping at your suit like trying to grab your throat with basically like a blender hand and is just like is just you know throwing you left right and center and it was a bit of a cheap shot like they kind of they kind of at this point i think they kind of, now that you've sort of not effortlessly, but like thoroughly put sort of the rank and file in their place. This is sort of the, now that you're in the door, we're going to kick you out of the door move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you destroy it? Well, I feel like this is one of those times where as soon as like the cheap shot comes in, um, there's some more suit mm-hmm. damage. Even I think like uh, there's a good uh, like wrap that gets around, like it's like arm legs, uh, like arms, legs, mm-hmm. neck. And she's like, oh, crap. Um, she's doing fine, but it's it's uh, it definitely puts a squeeze on her um, on her boosters mm-hmm. that she used. And so her boosters go down. Um, they're not fully functional. But she does have uh, the ability to uh, kind of load her arms 
and the gauntlets that she's wearing down at her wrists uh, burst open with blades and cut on both sides. And she uses them to cut down at her legs and then just rips the one at her neck away and then turns around. And while this creature is like reeling, trying to gather itself, uh, she sits in a pose with, with her, her right arm uh, back behind her body. And a lot of this mm-hmm. is really just for the pose. It's not tactically like a great spot to be in, I'm picturing, but, you know, it looks it looks cool. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she has the time. So uh, she she sits back and then like, oh, if this was a picture, this would be a great shot moment. This is always the secondary thoughts going in her head. I think this is the cover to like this is the cover to the next issue of fight sports quarterly <laughs> that's what she's going for mm-hmm. and she she jumps forward and rises into a huge shoryuken she adds like 60 percent of the energy in her suit into her her uppercut here and you see a uh, a green and white uh just punch going through the center of this creature like hitting its its uh its core as she punches the core out and the rest as she punches through and like a tiny explosion, like a wave comes out uh, that shatters and destroys much of the rest of this, uh, this creature. And uh, she thinks to herself, like, oh, I need to actually start fighting. Like, <laughs> and, and I've done enough of, of the showing off. I think I get what I need out of this monetarily. I can't afford for the suit to get too banged out because that's also in the contract. Mm hmm. I I love how money conscious she is, despite the fact that like that we both know that she's not making it out. I love the fact that she's still like I'm making this money. Oh yeah, it makes me I, I love it. That's extremely good. She's very booster gold. Mm-hmm. That's that's the vibe I was getting. Mm-hmm. So next round, okay. I think next round. I think yeah. I think you you land. You know, smoldering crater, green and white smoke is is billowing in every direction. And I think we get that great moment where I'm actually going to roll a second dice and explain what happens after that. Okay. Um, so I think what happens next is is you, you hit the shore, you can explosion, green and white smoke, crater. Audience is watching. And I think the cameras are zooming or, or like we see drones just darting in and out of the smoke right and nobody can find like and it's just and and there's a hush and then like some of the drones start blowing fans and dissipate the rest of that smoke and you're just standing there looking fly as hell and the crowd explodes and uh there's an optional rule in uh, There Is No Way Out of This Arena, which is if we have observers, they can play the audience. I'm going to just say that the audience in this case loses their shit <laughs> and you get you get back 17 health. Fantastic. You're staying in this fight because it is, cause it is the, that that moment of like between between blow between like the hidden weaponry and the Shoryuken. I think the crowd is just the crowd now knows that you are like legit. Even if you are starting to feel worn down. And I think the announcer stands there for a moment. And the lights all turn green and white. 
as though like as though you are being embraced by the arena. Suddenly, like your colors are everywhere to be seen. Ah, the glory. This feeling of security is short lived as the announcer raises his hands and just says, and now brought to you by our friends at Star Flux, the battle of the the battle for the fate of the Star Flux brand. <gasps> and that gate that that gate that you opened earlier in the showmanship with the fake tentacle. Yeah. Four of them open up now. Oh, no. And these are in no way. These are in no way a work. Tentacles shoot out, big green ones shoot out, and they are holding what appear to be cups of coffee, but they start throwing them, and they're about barrel-sized, because these are giant tentacles, and they are full of, like, acid. So there are barrels of acid just being hurled at you in every direction. Uh, Take 11 damage, and describe how you outwit these, these barrels and tentacles being hurled at you. Okay. So at this point, I feel like this is a, uh-oh, this wasn't a part of the plan moment. Mm-hmm. And that something has changed. Maybe Mercy's been set up. Because she knows uh, having the, the corporation themselves send out a challenge, that doesn't sound so good. Mm-hmm. So these barrels come out and... uh Immediately, uh, the Fluxinator starts taking all of these uh, very gymnastic movements, um, bounding forward, rolling in one direction, doing a flip in another. And uh, from her left gauntlet, she starts shooting out these uh, these physical blades, the ones that actually were stored inside of like the mm-hmm. wrist. And she shoots them at some of the barrels, and then they detonate and explode. Um out of range and she continues to do this to try and approach closer uh to some of these tentacles but uh she makes one misstep in that as one of the barrels comes close to her she's uh she had planned to use uh a little bit of thrust to get out of the range of one of the explosions that she had set but as she goes to use the thrust they have been priorly damaged and so it throws her off balance and the explosion hits, and some of the acid actually uh, hits uh, the back of her head. Mm-hmm. And uh, quickly, the suit reacts and ends up like taking the acid off as quickly as possible and like applying a gel. But the damage is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a heavy burn on the back of her head that, that to everyone else, you can just see the gel that uh, her hair ends up covering over as a little bit is let down. And um, you see that, like, her left eye, she keeps it closed as the stinging is really bad. Uh, But she sees that uh, from one of the explosions, a part of one of the blades survives. And so she takes the blade and chucks it uh, at where there's one of the tentacles has retreated as it goes to grab another barrel. And uh, when, as it goes to retreat, the blade ends up getting stuck in one of the tentacles. It pulls through the gateway. And then she looks at one of the cameras and detonates. And you see an explosion come out of several different pockets of these gates all at the same time. And the gates close cutting off some of these tentacles. 
um, and just an explosion left hanging around this sort of invisible space where it all came from. Uh, and she uh, ends up like falling down to one knee. She's super, super, super tired at this point, having like heavy breathing come through her chest. And uh, she puts a hand back towards where the burn is and touches the gel and then realizes that she's still on camera. So then she pushes herself up and goes into one of her most heroic poses, but you can see that something has changed in her Mm -hmm. face. Now she's, she's in a real battle for what could be her life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you, you stand there and the crowd, especially as, as, as that detonation goes off, right? Like the crowd, the crowd is thoroughly on your side in a way that I think is, pleasing and infuriating the arena at the same time right like i think that they i i think they they are not in the business of people being fans of fighters they are in business of people being a fan of of the car wreck and so so you you winning over the crowd is pleasing them because the people are watching but they're definitely they're definitely like you're you're not going to put one over on the arena you're not going to put one over on us and uh they you know, they, they stand there and they kind of sit back. They sit in their chair and they, they put a hand to their lips and they think for a second. And then they bring up their hand, they snap their finger. And a cart is wheeled out. Just a just like a, a an old wooden cart is wheeled out covered in like what looks like just scrap metal, chunks of scrap metal. Somebody hits like the driver wheels out like wheel it's like a person on like a like a buggy wheeling this cart parks the cart hits a button and the scrap metal basically stands like starts like magnetically attaching itself and forms just a scrap metal golem that is about like 12 feet tall steps off the steps off the thing as its legs form right like it starts to shift a leg forms and then it walks off of the cart oh stands and like stands there armless for a moment arms form out of scrap metal and then it does that completely ridiculous like the thing that henry cavill did in the mission impossible trailer where he loaded his arms yeah does that like does that and then just starts like walking towards you with what i can only describe as like baraka blades on his wrists oh no 12 damage Whew. Describe, describe, describe to me like th- I think the, I think how this thing fights is a lot of just big, wide arm like shots to just try and like gouge you with these big like weapon blades, right? Yeah. So describe to me how you take it down. All right. So this is one of those moments where uh, Mercy looks at like she's an artillery check. It's like systems, artillery check, and it's like, ooh, you have like 30% of your weapons left. This includes like the energy that goes into making the the reverberations come out of the the gauntlets. And uh, like her projectiles are gone, her explosives are gone. Um, so she's like, okay, I just I gotta punch this thing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, it's all I got. So she puts both her fists into uh, by her sides and just looks at this big beast and is like, okay, it has to be outmaneuver. So it's going to be like dodge and punch, dodge and punch. That's her plan. Uh, so uh, she jumps at the creature and immediately gets like a good punch in on like its face, 
but then realizes that like as it's a bunch of scrap metal um like the damage isn't nearly as much as it seems it's like oh well it's it's a being that is uh uh, it's all in parts. Mm-hmm. And so finding like a core or like how damage is dealt the best is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for a while she's, she's dodging around um, and throwing out a punch. But every time she throws out a punch, um, a bit of the scrap would like scratch up against her armor. And uh, the, it's like this, this just sl- all, all slugging it out battle. That's like not graceful. It's not beautiful. It's just like punch dodge or just get punched. And mm-hmm. then she just like grits and blood splats across the floor. And she turns her head back and goes for a big uppercut. And then the thing reels back and then comes back and punches her back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a boom, boom, boom. And you, that's like all that people hear in the, in the arena for a while. It's just like, boom, splat. Boom! Splat! Like it's one creature, and then her, and back and forth. And uh, we definitely get that. We definitely get the very pro wrestling, like punch, cheer, punch, boo. As like the yeah. crowd is definitely like every punch you throw is just like yeah, boo, and it like when it gouges you back with one of these big blades. And uh, so as um, as the fight goes on, Mercy realizes that uh, she has to leave herself vulnerable in order to get an opportunity to strike at what she finds is the core of this creature. Uh, because when it shoots out its blade, it's like, it leaves uh, like a bladed punch. Um, mm-hmm. It leaves like an opening in the underarm that leads to where she can go. So uh, she charges up a lot of the energy left that she has into uh, her right fist and then catches a bladed punch in the other hand, which starts to just grate into her hand uh, through the armor. But she gets to stop it and then blows forward as she pulls the arm in and pushes her arm forward. Ends up shooting a big blast of energy right at the open spot just and blows off a chunk of this creature. And then as, as it's on the ground, she takes both of her fists in the air and just Hulk smashes it mm-hmm. into pieces and just, and she's in full, full warrior mode. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the arena, I think, I think, you know, you're in full warrior mode. And I think that without missing a beat, like there's no rest period here. I think that, I think uh, appearing kind of in front of you for a brief second. It just kind of like blinks in almost like a bubble popping. There is outer space tuxedo mask is kind of the only way to describe kind of what I'm picturing is very like pompous looking rapier, like, like laser rapier in hand, half cape, very like duelist looking alien warrior, blue skin, black eyes. And then bubble pops and then suddenly they're behind you and then bubble pops and then suddenly they're in a different spot in the arena and it's like oh and the, uh, the whole time they just have the, their sword in front of you with this like on guard move like moment and every time you like get a good look at them bubble pop somewhere else they're just elsewhere and they're it, it you know if you're they're weak the, the the arena takes a moment to relish you kind of like in warrior mode being like, what wait, wait, no, where did you, as you try to like get your grounding of this teleporting space duelist, 
that deals you four damage. So presumably take this thing down pretty easily. So uh, I think that uh, this this duelist has uh, is like far less experienced than they seem. Like it's all flash and, mm-hmm. and like no flavor. So um, they they like start popping around and immediately Mercy, who is now just in strict warrior mode, sees like the pattern. Mm-hmm. And as they pop behind them and turns around, uh, 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 Mercy turns around to like see them right as they pop forward. And they like come forward with an attack that she just like, it comes at her head and she glances to the side as the attack ends up just like doing a small cut on her face. Mm -hmm. And she just reels back with one fist. There's no power in it. Like her suits all out of juice. It's just defensive at this point. And she just socks them into the ground, like with one punch. So good. And, And then lifts him up in front of the crowd with like, no sense of pleasure on her face and just looks around. And at this point, I I think the crowd almost isn't on your side for a moment because like now they're like, Oh, is that too like I think they're, they're reading your mood and they're like, is that too much? Like, like what is happening? Cause they see just how past it you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they, and then they go wild. Then it's just cheers billowing in, you know, sh- crowd shots from planet after planet of people just throwing, throwing, you know, trash at screens with joy. I think we see, I think we see a few sports riot shots starting to form. And it's just, it's just, you know, and I, I think the, the announcer is like losing. I think he grabs uh, like a comm link and starts hitting buttons. And it's just like, uh, no, no, that's not gonna. Okay, fine. And hits a button. And gate opens, comes wheeling out like six mercenaries, very like aliens-esque, classic predator, you know, big camo gear, big laser cartridge mercenaries on what is essentially like a Jeep or a warthog or something with a giant minigun on top. And they just wheel them out and they're just like, do something, take, take her out, do something. And you hear, and you stand there for a second just to hear that. And then take eight damage as you obliterate, you obliterate these, these mercenaries. So I think that at this point, uh, there is, uh, she takes the blast but she takes the blast with her suit. So she put her, puts her arms up, digs like a heel in, and then just takes the blast. And you see that the, uh, a lot of the paint and a little bit of the external armor on the suit just like gets blown off, just pushed away. And so on the front, there's very little um, of like the colors left. Like, it's all sort of fading into the back. It looks all scraped off. And uh, once the blast is over, you hear a clicking sound. And, like, two of the big pauldrons on her shoulders just fall off. Like, and uh, on her fists, they're, like, steaming. She, You hear another click. And some of the, the, the parts that, that make the, the vibrations, like, fall off as well. 
So now she just has like these kind of like smaller iron fists and these pauldrons are off and she's jumping around now and like she's much faster. Um, And so she runs forward and she sees one of the weapons left over by uh, by one of the uh, the earlier fighters. Mm -hmm. And um, as the Gatling gun starts firing, she runs over. She's much faster now and she grabs like a spear. And then she makes like this zigzag darting movement that they can't keep up with. You can see the trail of the bullets in the sand as like it moves forward towards her. Uh, And then eventually she like uses the spear to jump up and like vault herself. Uh, And she gets on top of one of the sides. Someone pulls out like their pistol to shoot at her and she, uh, she slaps it out of his hand and then just like a quick double punch with an arm, mm-hmm. almost like it's like a cy- cyborg arm. She went, uh, knocks one of them out and she throws them out and gets inside of the vehicle, strangles another one, leaves them in the passenger seat, gets in the, the driver's seat and starts just running people down, uh, just running straight at them and they're running away. And she's like, uh, she's kind of remembered now that like she's heard the roar of the crowd and she knows that like this might be the end. Mm-hmm. So like she starts like doing donuts and like she she like donuts in and like um, uh, slides into one of them, uh, knocking them like flat into a wall. Uh, and then she takes she stops, um, goes to the back, takes the Gatling gun and detaches it as there are only like one or two of them left. And they stare at her and you see a close up of her face. And then you just see the, uh, the explosions going off from the Gatling gun firing and the light on her face mm-hmm. as you're just when it stops. And she's just holding the Gatling gun standing in this pose. Her hair is down. Uh, there's a burn on the back of her head. She's all like just dirty and oily. And she's just holding this fucking Gatling gun. And she just puts an arm in the air and waits to see what the audience will do. Boom. You know, the, you feel the ground echo, right? Like you feel, you feel the arena shake as they are just... They are overjoyed. They are. This is your audience now. These are your people. You have. You have. You have. No matter what happens, no matter how this fight ends, you have accomplished. You have done what you set out to do. And I think. I think now. I think that is what drives the arena up the fucking wall. Is they are just losing it. They're just. You know. I think what we see specifically is a shot of the announcer as this is happening, continuing to flip through data pads and like information as like shadowy figures start to come up behind him. And he hears and says, I can, I can, I can do this. I, the arena, we, we always win. We always win. We'll fix this. And I think what's the next thing that we see. I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with, I think, I think, he hits some buttons and the center of the, the platform opens up the middle of the arena opens up and big clawed talonish arms, like three or four of them grab edges, push giant draconic wings through this gap. And then taking into the skies is like a six limit dragon. Oh no. Give give Ridley some extra arms and just picture Oh no. And just like start swooping 
and lets out a scream that like blows up several drones as it starts like is it just as it just you know that shadow falls over you to the tune of 12 damage oh that's getting pretty beefy i only have i'm at 33 so now i'm at 21 it's getting mm-hmm. to that point where i could be one shot at any time all right so uh mercy is like turns around and looks at this giant beast as it comes through the floor and there's probably like some hellish music being played i'm imagining some like sephiroth mm-hmm. shit just like ah, ah, ah. the lights have all turned red and like it's just it's i think it's it's very much I'm picturing, like, the cameras have very much turned, like, black and red. So, like, black and white, but then they filled in all that white with red. So we just get red and shadow. Oof. And so, Mercy, it gets to this point where it's like, oh, this is this is a big enemy that if... At this point, it's not fighting people, what she's used to, or fighting, like, uh, a lot of uh, mechanical creatures. This is a big-ass dragon. Um mm-hmm. So the first thing she does is immediately starts firing every round of this Gatling gun straight at this giant dragon. Um, And it seems to do a little, not nearly Mm -hmm. as much as she would have hoped. And just goes, just unleashing hell on this dragon. And the dragon is like moving away and like seems to be at least annoyed uh, with these shots. But then it inhales like a, this deep breath and you see that like purple starts to build up through its chest and up through its throat. And then it, but it, it goes up in this way where it has these uh, like straight lines and diagonals uh, to show that like it's, it has this sort of uh, mechanical uh, feature to it. Maybe it's, it's, um, it's biomechanical or it's been augmented and, this purple flame roars out and immediately uh, before uh, much of anything can be done, just like covers mercy. And she has to hide behind the Gatling gun for what little protection it gives her. And she can feel the heat like melting it. And uh, her suit also starts to more of it starts to, um, it starts to bind in some places on the outside and, and uh, her internal system say like uh, capacity, heat capacity uh, lowering, like, you can only take so much more of this. And so uh, she looks back to where the spear is as the, the flaming breath comes through and she realizes she can't take another one of those. So she runs over to where this spear is. She throws it over at the beast um, and it ends up getting stuck like in its belly, but it's not enough. So she looks around as she has like nothing she can really use and then sees the laser axe that was used against her mm-hmm. and runs over toward it, uh, jumping past another fiery blast that leaves like a line in the sand. And uh, she grabs it and then uh, runs over to the wall that the dragon is closest towards runs jumps off of it uses the last bit of energy that's in her suit. That's actually keeping this like the systems on and uh, puts full thrust on her shoes and 
boosts off the wall with this laser axe and we get this slow-mo of her raising the axe in the air and the dragon with like its arms outstretched and a fiery blast about to come out of its mouth and she catches it in the chin and just drags it down the middle until she gets down to the spear grabs the spear and starts just shucking it into this creature over Mm -hmm. and over again she kicks it inside as she kicks off of the dragon and lands not super gracefully, but lands on her feet uh, and then kind of stumbles backwards as it starts exploding internally in one part and another part as the flames start. Um, and it's because they weren't released. It starts creating all of this mm-hmm. havoc inside of the creature and it explodes in several places as it falls from the sky and becomes like a flaming wreck on the ground. And what I think happens is like fiery explosions start happening and the the bleachers that are that are kind of like the moon bleachers sort of the platforms that are separate like back up and the people that have paid for like the on seat the on like the on site bleachers shielding comes up as debris starts crashing into them. And it's it's very much like they're just like, oh, 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 and it's just, you know. But like the the arena is now losing is now losing what sense of control it had, and these shadowy figures that are appro- that are approaching our our announcer our ringmaster hits a hits like a big red button, and as like this fire starts, I think the fire is raging, and then suddenly it is all sucked in a single direction towards the center of the arena. As from that same from that same hole, a black orb. Oh yeah, for sh- th- th- that's the number that I want for this to happen. A black orb rises, just a just a, a black orb about the size of like a bowling ball, oh, and no. all of the fire, all of the debris, all of everything is just hurtling into this like into this this event horizon tiny black hole thing, and energy is just firing off in lightning bolts, and it's just floating there. And it is just this 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 massive marble of pure dark energy crackling, and it just as it just slowly consuming everything floats towards you. Defeat this. The figure out a way to defeat this thing and take eighteen damage as you do. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, I started to describe this thing, and I was like, please don't let me roll a three. I was like, please don't let this just be like, yeah, punch it. It's over. <laughs> Okay, I have four health left. <laughs> so this is going to be good. Um, I think I'm going to continue with the motif of slowly losing this suit. Um, and so uh, this orb starts moving forward and Mercy is just filled with terror. Um, there's... She she thinks to herself that it's like, there are some ways that I could have combated this if my suit had... If I still had, like, my gauntlets... Um, if I had like my defense systems, like there, there's really just, um, life support systems are, are left in the suit and that's it. So, uh, she looks around for like weaponry and stuff and there's some helpful things around, but like every time she goes to reach for something, like a lightning strike will just hit her and like hits her arm and you see her arm just like fly back. And, uh, the, like, there are burns because the suit is starting to, like, infuse itself 
when she gets hit by this because it doesn't have enough energy to, to, to protect her from like the lightning. So she's getting like these heavy burns on her arms and it'll like hit like a part of like her stomach or something. And she jumps over like for uh, like a, a laser cannon and nothing. Um, it's all out of ammo. She keeps taking these hits and uh, she realizes that there's nothing in her arsenal that she could use to actually defeat this creature. And for a moment, uh, or this being, this, this orb. And for a moment, she's like resigned to death. Like this is it. And on her back, you see that most of the color in the logo is like gone. And now because of all the damage that has been done to it, the, the tentacle creature looks just evil Mm -hmm. and, and malicious. And she realizes that, she does have the life support system left in her suit and that she could use the last bit of energy inside of it to uh, open up her entrance portal, which opens up in front of the suit. And so she starts hitting some buttons and the suit is like warning, warning. Like if you take off the suit, you have no protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably will not survive if she gets hit by anything while she has the suit off, she will die immediately. But she's like, it's my only chance. So she starts like pulling on these straps and you hear like all this beeping and the warning warning going off. And she takes the suit and while it's, it starts to decouple itself from her. She's just Mm -hmm. running straight at the orb and like a lightning strike goes off and she like, dodges it just in time another lightning strike goes and it's really easy to run at this thing as it's pulling in towards her Mm -hmm. and the back of the suit opens up to where she can grab the inside near her stomach and push it forward to where she puts her feet on it as she's kind of hovering in the air at this point uh hits the button like puts in the command to open up um the rift and then kicks off of it and just tumbles backwards as she's only like 10, 15 feet away from where as soon as the orb and the suit are about to collide, the opening, the flux rift opens and collides with this black hole. Mm -hmm. And then this white light appears as you see just like all of this light and then like pure darkness in the center as like some sound that no one should ever hear. Mm-hmm. ends up emitting from this one point. And you <laughs> And then this like implosion happens a second after, after this like infinite silence. And it throws uh, everything in the arena like to a wall. And mm-hmm. Mercy hits a wall, like some blood ends up, like she coughs up a little bit of blood. She falls on the floor And, like, for a second, people think that she's dead. And then she gets up on, like, one knee and stands up. And since everything got blown to a wall, she just picks up a sword that is left on the floor. It has no energy in it. It's just a blade. And she uses it to get herself up and then points it over at the... Uh, at the shadowy figures and the announcer and wipes blood like off of her face and out of her eyes. 
And I think what happens is you point and there are only the shadowy figures. There are the, 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 the lights have been shut off. There are only a handful of shadowy figures standing there and they start to depart when a doorway opens and shoved through it, begging for his life, laser spear in hand. This, uh, the announcer is just like in like a ramshackle helmet and football pads with a laser spear still in his like seat, like suit underneath is shoved <laughs> through. Yeah. And it's like, but I don't. Okay. okay um, and, and like stands up and is like shaking and is, is like, but okay. Um, and now I have to ask you a very difficult question. Yeah. How do you fall to the announcer? Oh, this is perfect. This is fantastic. All right. Mercy walks over to the announcer. Takes the sword, smacks the laser spear out of his hand, cuts off some of his armor without harming him, mm-hmm. and then just grabs him by the neck and looks at the shadowy figures and says, like, this... Is this what you've come to? You can send no one to defeat me. So you send the weakest of you. Pathetic. And throws him. Mm-hmm. And then drops the sword. Um, and starts walking towards where the shadowy figures are. Okay. Uh, even like she can't like get up there, but she wants to like be close. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, she goes to the center of the stage and as she's walking towards towards them, like the crowd is like cheering, like mercy, mercy, mercy. And uh, it looks like she's about to like pull off these, um, this amazing revolution. And she starts climbing like piles of junk to try and like get up there, like the higher she goes. And she gets close to where she can see all of them and she feels like she can reach them like if she makes this jump that she can reach them and then as like the cheering gets louder and louder we look back and we see the announcer who had been stunned in fear for a long time reach over and there's a laser pistol mm-hmm. uh, and he grabs it and he puts it up towards her and his hand is shaking and he just unloads and as Mercy, like, gets up to where she puts a hand up on, like, the console of where these shadowy figures are. And she pulls herself up and she stands on this console with her fists at her side. Like, she's just going to punch them to death. You see just, like, all of a sudden her eyes just go wide. And you hear, and, like, out of all those shots, like, three or four of them connect. Mm-hmm. And she falls to one knee, looking at all of these shadowy figures, and holds her stomach. And she takes the blood from her stomach that she's holding, looks up, and touches one of the shadowy figures on the face, and then falls forward. Mm-hmm. With blood left on the shadowy figure. So good. So good. Yeah, and I think I think that the shadowy figure stands there unmoved. 
blood, blood on their face is just unmoved, grabs the nearest comm link and says, your new champion. And the crowd like hesitantly claps. There's some boos and it's just a hush silence. And then spite in their voice just leans in, which means it is time for open combat. And the gates open and our, our announcer is standing there laser pistol in hand, broken armor on their back and just watches as all four gates open and a flood of warriors comes out and we just close in on their face. And the last thing that we really see is just a close up of mercy's face, having fallen, but having won one over the crowd and having won in her own way. And that's game. God, I love this game so much. This game is so good. <laughs> this game <Yeah>. is so good. <laughs> I love this game. It is oh. truly fantastic. Fantastic. I got to tell you, as you were describing beating things, I found myself like miming gestures, throwing punches and things. And so I was like, that's a sign of things going well. This is a sign <laughs> of a good game. Oh. oh, yeah. DC, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. Yeah, I had so much fun. I. Y'all, everyone listening, get this game, play it with your friends. It is fantastic. It's super, super cool. I cannot recommend it enough. So uh, real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at uh, Dungeon Commander. That's uh, no E in Commander. Um, I mostly work off of Twitter. That's where I let you know where I am streaming. Uh, that is where I'm on Twitch. That's dungeoncommander.itch.io is where I have Mutants in the Night, the game that is coming out tomorrow with an actual play. I am playing with some amazing people that I'm very excited to be spending time with. Uh, Sean Nittner, uh, Misha, I forget Misha's last name, uh, Tris Chi on, on the internet, uh, Lauren, uh, Stray Kiwi on the internet. Um, I'm having a fantastic time just organizing it all, working on the game. I think everyone will really, really enjoy it, especially if you're a fan of uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games and uh, like Blades in the Dark, Fortune in the Dark games. Mm-hmm. Um, if you thought this is fun, this is kind of amazing stuff that's going to be going down in the game. Uh, but uh, maybe there will be victory for, <laughs> yeah, for our heroes at the end. That would be good. Victory is good. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was an absolute delight. And now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks, Bass Me. And thanks again to DC for coming on the show. That game was a ride. Be sure to check out Mutants in the Night when it drops tomorrow. It sounds like everything I've heard about it says it's going to be an incredible game that you are not going to want to miss. I know I'm picking it up day one, and I really think that you should too. Also, be sure to check out DC's six-part Mutants in the Night actual play starting tomorrow. That's December 19th on Twitch. It's going to be an amazing game with an amazing cast of players. It's going to be really, really good, and I don't think you're going to want to miss it. Lastly, be sure to follow DC on Twitter at Dungeon Commander, Noe and Commander, for updates on their games work, their Twitch streams, just incredible tweet threads, just quality content all around. They are a good person to follow on Twitter. Speaking of good content on Twitter.com, you should follow me at Party of One Pod, then like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Talk to us about professional wrestling, the show, games, whatever's on your mind. I'm around. 
If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice review on iTunes. iTunes reviews help a lot in helping us find new audiences. They help us get featured. It's a big help. Uh, in the next few weeks, I'm going to be rolling out some special like iTunes reward tiers for if we get to 50, 60, 70, etc. iTunes reviews. Little things, little extra pieces of bonus content, special episodes, that sort of thing. Keep an eye out for that. You can also tell a friend about the podcast, give us a shout out on social media. Anything to help us grow and reach new audiences is deeply appreciated at all times forever. You can also back the creation of Party of One as well as other podcasts, games, and more at Patreon by supporting me at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. It helps make all of these cool weird things happen and in exchange, you get some cool weird rewards. What's better than that? Nothing, I tell you. Nothing at all. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast and you wish to yourself, God, I wish I could just listen to Jeff talk for another 40 to 45 minutes. Boy, do I have another podcast for you. Two podcasts, in fact. First is All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt, spin it into an original fantasy character, and populate a shared universe along the way, one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. And speaking of Friday, this Friday, December 21st, at 6 p.m. Eastern, I am excited to announce to the Party of One audience that we will be streaming live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash gmjeffstormer, the event of the holiday season. That's right, everyone's favorite yearly tradition about a yearly tradition. Talking Nog, 2K18. Hope you'll join us for a rousing discussion about the past present and future of everyone's favorite eggy, creamy, boozy, yuletide treat. We're going to be answering Nog questions, looking at listener photos, sharing Nog stories. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a wonderful holiday celebration, and I hope to see you there Friday, December 21st at 6 p.m. at twitch.tv slash gmjeffstormer. Cheers, everybody. Anyway. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about ad rates or about coming onto the show, you can reach me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. 